Hello there. I'm your teacher, Rob. Hello there. English with Rob. Hello there. It's Rob, and today it's just Rob. It's just me. There is no guest teacher on today's podcast. I hope you don't mind. What is that that keeps making a noise? Is it this cable? Anyway, let's continue. I hope you don't mind that there is no guest today.、Um, I've just been too busy lately to organise a guest, and when I when I have a guest and a theme on the podcast, I spend a lot of time putting together a plan for the podcast and making jingles for the podcast. This week, I've got no time for that. I'll tell you why later. But here is what's coming up in this podcast. I'm going to talk about my name. I'm going to tell you some things about my name, which will lead to、um, some phrases which are useful for you. Then I've got something about how English can be stupid and unfair, how some phrases do not make any sense, and yeah, I've. These are things that I've found that have occurred to me, where I think that's really unfair, the way this word is. You'll see later. You'll see. Uh, then uh, it's time for phrasal verb of the week, and today because it's just me, I've got an extended phrasal verb of the week. And then at the end, some English with Rob news, and probably I'll put a song at the end that I've made.、Um, I don't know yet if I'm actually going to do that, so we will see. So let's start with something about my name. So hi there, <laughs> my name is Rob, but Rob is short for Robert. My full first name is Robert, and if you want my full name, it's Robert Dylan Walker. My dad is a huge Bob Dylan fan, and he called me Robert Dylan because Robert can be shortened to Bob. I shorten it to Rob, but it can also be shortened to Bob. Now this is more common in America, really, than in England.、Hmm, nowadays, in 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 the past, I think it was quite common in England, but these days, not many people called Robert like to be called Bob. But so Bob is short for Robert, which is strange, and it's there's other strange ones like that in the UK, like Will. Is no, <laughs> yes. Will is short for William, but Bill is also short for William.、Hmm? Doesn't Will makes more sense, which is why I accidentally said it first. But Bill is also short for William, and Ted, Ted beginning with T, is short for Edward, beginning with E. I can make no sense of this.、Uh, I haven't researched why that is. You are welcome to. But the useful thing I want to teach you here is the phrase "it's short for." What is it short for? This is to ask about a word which has been shortened. So, Rob, what is that short for? Oh, it's short for Robert. Okay, and you might also say, "What does it stand for?" But this is something completely different. Um. 
So what does it stand for is when you have some letters. For example, the UN. The UN. What is that short for? Oh, it's short for... No. <laughs> Incorrect, Rob. What does that stand for? This is what I'm trying to teach you. The UN, what does that stand for? Oh, it stands for United Nations. So when you say, what does it stand for? What you're asking is, what do each of those letters represent? What does it stand for? So what is it short for? When you're asking about a word which has been contracted or made shorter, what does it stand for? Is what do the letters represent in an acronym or an initialism this is something else i want to explain that some of these things where you take letters and you just say the letters some of them are called acronyms and some some of them are called initialisms so what's the difference well here are some initialisms the un like i just said ymca i'm sure you all know the song ymca it's fun to stay in the YMCA. Yes, I wasn't expecting to sing that much of it, but there we go. Um, what does YMCA stand for? Many of you, I'm sure, have been out singing this song in the in the club. <laughs> if you go to those kind of clubs or at some cheesy music uh, venue, what does YMCA stand for? Well, in case you don't know, it stands for Young Men's Christian Association. YMCA. It stands for Young Men's Christian Association, which was a which was an association which helped young. I don't know why it only helped young men. Perhaps it helped young people. I'm not sure. Um, who were poor or abandoned or homeless? It it, it helped these people out. So. Here's another one. UFO. UFO. Hey, what's that? I don't know. It could be a UFO in the sky. UFO. Unidentified flying object, which is usually associated with aliens. You know, maybe it's an alien spaceship, a UFO. So those are initialisms. And here is an acronym. The first acronym I have is UNICEF. UNICEF. What does that stand for? It stands for United Nations International Children's Fund, UNICEF. So why is that an acronym, but the others are initialisms? Can you, can you hear the difference? UN, YMCA, UFO, UNICEF. Here's another acronym, NASA. Well, the difference is, with initialisms, you say the letters. You say UN. You say YMCA, you say UFO. These are just the letters that you're saying. But with acronyms, you take those letters and you say it like it's a word. So U-N-I-C-E-F, UNICEF, N-A-S-A, -A, NASA. What does NASA stand for? It stands for National Aeronautics Space Administration, NASA. So these are all organizations, mostly, but there are some acronyms which are not organizations, which are just phrases which have become acronyms, like YOLO. Do you know YOLO? You 
only live once. YOLO stands for you only live once. Um, and you know, if someone says, "Hey, do you want to come out tonight? Do you want to go? To, do you want to go to the club tonight?" Ah, oh, no, I don't know. I don't really feel like it. Um, not got much money. The response might be, "Come on, YOLO. You only live once. You have to take every opportunity." Um, actually, on that, there is a really good song called YOLO, which I really like. It's sort of a, mm, it's sort of a comedy song. And it's by a band called, what are they called? The Lonely Island. The Lonely Island. YOLO. You know what? I'll put a link to the video for that song in the show notes. Um, it's a great song and it's really funny. Uh, you know who's in it? A guest singer is, I can't remember his name now, but the lead singer from Maroon 5 appears in that song singing the chorus. Uh, great, great song, great video. And... The song is funny because it says you only live once, which normally means, you know, enjoy every minute. But in this song, they're saying you only live once. So be very careful. <laughs> yeah. And some of the things are um, never go to saunas because they're crawling with piranhas. Oh, that's not the best example. Um, never take the stairs because they're often unsafe. What else is there? Um, I can't think right now, but. So, <laughs> some really funny lyrics in that song. Uh, also, similar to FOMO, no, similar to YOLO is FOMO. What is FOMO? What does FOMO stand for? F-O-M-O stands for fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. To miss out, you, the feeling like something is happening, which is amazing, but I'm not there. I'm missing out. FOMO. And am I going to tell you this? Mm, yeah, okay. So I, I like to make word jokes. And I especially like to make word jokes between languages, which not many people understand because you have to understand both languages and you have to understand my humor. But okay, do you know what a flea market is? A flea market is where people sell their old stuff. They sell secondhand things. That's called a flea market. In Germany, they have flea markets, but they're called Flohmarkt. Flohmarkt. So they, literally flow is flea and marked is market. So they used their translation of the same word or we translated it from them. I don't know where it started. Uh, so Flohmarkt. I love going to Flohmarkt. I love looking at old stuff and finding old musical instruments or I don't know old cool things that I might find a use for and it's very cheap but you have to go early because otherwise all of the good stuff is gone and I get FOMO but because it's a flow marked I get FLOMO yeah okay long explanation for a, a silly word joke that I made up there you go but here's something that might be surprising to you did you know that some of these some words which you think are just words, and I thought were just words, actually are acronyms. Maybe you know these. Most people don't know them. Here are three. Scuba. Scuba. Like scuba diving. When you, when you uh, swim underwater with a big tank on your back, this is scuba diving. But scuba is actually an acronym. S-C-U-B-A stands for 
self-contained underwater breathing apparatus, or apparatus. You can uh, pronounce that two ways. Here's another one. Laser. Laser, you know, the, the point of light which uh, can burn and can shine a long way. Laser. I didn't know this one. This laser is an acronym. It stands for... Sorry, I should spell it first. L-A-S-E-R. Laser. Stands for light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. You might notice a by and an of in there, which they conveniently don't represent with a letter in the acronym. That's quite common for a, a preposition or another type of small word to be missed out in the acronym. Uh, GIF, or as some people like to pronounce it, GIF, you know, those um, moving short videos uh, that you can send in a, in a text message or on WhatsApp or whatever. A GIF, uh, and that stands for Graphics Interchange Format. There you go. And here are some from popular culture. If you are a Doctor Who fan, you you know this already. In fact, why did I put this in? Because if you if you are a Doctor Who fan, you know this. And if you're not a Doctor Who fan, you don't care. But I've started this, so I'll finish it. TARDIS. Doctor Who's time-traveling spaceship is called the TARDIS. And TARDIS stands for Time and Relative Dimension in Space. Or Time and Relative Dimensions in Space. I'm not sure. I'm not, not the hardcore Doctor Who fan. Wait, I'll start that sentence again. I'm not the hardcore Doctor Who fan I thought I was. Never mind. Here's another one from, from sci-fi. Shield. Shield. If you watch Marvel movies, you might have noticed... Agents working for S.H.I.E.L.D. S -H -I -E -L -D. And S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. There you go. Notice also the AND is not represented in the acronym. And I really like how on TV shows and in popular culture, sometimes people make an acronym which... The word that the acronym forms um, makes a word which is relevant to the organization the acronym describes. So shields, you know, they're shielding the earth from invasions. Um, and how convenient that the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division is called SHIELD. It's great. Clever. And here is one which can be both. Both an initialism and an acronym. And it's ASAP. Something you might hear at work if you are working in English in a business type environment. Hey, get me that report ASAP. And Americans sometimes say ASAP. Hey, give me that report ASAP. I need it on my desk ASAP. What are you doing? ASAP. ASAP. Okay, uh, let's do something different. Okay, when English is stupid and unfair, let's talk about it. Okay, I have to, um, I have to be prepared for this because I'm going to talk about the longest word 
in the English language. The longest word in the English language is, what do you think it is? Mm. No, it's not supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, which is a word from a Mary Poppins film, which was used so much that it was entered into the dictionary. I don't know if it's still in the dictionary. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious just means really good. Um, no, there's a medical word which is even longer, and it's numino, numino ultramicro, might take 10 attempts, let's see, numino ultramicroscopic silicovolcano conorosis, okay, Whew, there you go, it sounded like a few words the way I said it, because I've got it written down in sections, um, here is something from the internet pronouncing it, Numino ultramicroscopic silicovolcano conorosis. Can't forget to put that in later. Oh, look, I didn't because you heard it. I didn't forget. Great. Anyway, that's the longest word in English. But why is it stupid and unfair? Well, what does it mean? Numino ultramicroscopic silicovolcano conorosis. Better that time. Means, well, it's, it's the name of a lung disease. It's a lung disease, a disease of the lungs, where you, you breathe into your lungs, if, in case you don't know what lungs are. They're those two airbags in your body where the air goes into. And that word, which I'm not going to say again, is a type of lung disease which is caused by breathing in dust and ash. So why is this stupid and unfair? Well, why... Why on earth would you give the longest word to someone who can't breathe very well and has trouble breathing and speaking and you need to take in a deep breath to say this really long word? It's, it's so unfair to give this word to someone who can't speak very well or who can't take in much air. After they say that word, you know, they might fall on the floor. Oh, uh, hi, Brian. <sighs> Hi. Hi, Steve. Are you okay? You sound a little bit out of breath. Yeah, I've got, um... <coughs> I've got... Numino Ultra Microscopic Silico Volcano <coughs> Perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> so that's one... One situation where... I, which I found where I think English is stupid and unfair. Okay. I'm going to do two more stupid and then I'm going to end with an, with an unfair. So, the phrase to make a beeline for something. To make a beeline for something. So, oh, I saw an ice cream shop and I made a beeline for it. It means I went directly there. I, I just made a straight line and went directly to the ice cream shop. I'm pointing with my hands, but you can't see that. I'm making a straight line. Why is this stupid? Well, I thought it was, and then actually I googled it just before I started this podcast to find out there is some sense to it. But I always thought that's kind of a stupid phrase because when you see bees, they don't fly in a straight line. They're, they're going from flower to flower. They're sort of hovering around, going backwards and forwards. I've rarely, I can't think of a time when I've ever seen a bee go in a straight line, make a bee line for something. So, but I googled this and I found that um, a beeline 
is when bees have got all the pollen, or is it nectar? Nectar, I think. They've got all the food, let's say, all the bee food that they need. Then they go directly back to their hive. Bees live in a hive. And they take the straightest line. There you go. That's why it's called a bee line. Which, But it's stupid, really, because when whenever you see a bee, normally, you don't associate bees with going in a straight line. I, I associate bees with, you know, sort of hovering backwards and forwards over the flowers, going from one flower to another, going around very slowly. Yeah. Another phrase, which makes no sense to me, especially to me, is to sleep like a baby. Ah, oh, look. He's sleeping like a baby. Yeah, that's because he's had ten pints <laughs> of beer. But to sleep like a baby means to sleep very well, to sleep very deeply, to not wake up much. But in my experience, I have children and my experience is, and you can tell by how much my face has aged in the last seven years, Babies don't sleep very well, people. Maybe in the first few days when they're born, but after that, they're still babies. They don't sleep very well. They wake up several times in the night. And yeah, I know it. Still, I have a two-year-old. And still, some nights, I have terrible nights. Because she doesn't sleep like a baby. Babies don't sleep like babies. Babies wake up all the time. Why do we have the phrase sleep like a baby? stupid okay here's the last thing and this is something which i've noticed and i think it's really really unfair and quite mean of this word so the word is a lisp a noun a lisp l-i-s-p and if you have a lisp it means that you can't pronounce the letter s the sound s instead you say like um I'm wearing, <laughs> I almost said some, but I'm trying to give you an example. I'm wearing some spectacles. Yeah. So I'm trying to say the word spectacles, which is a, well, maybe I shouldn't have given you this word. Spectacles is quite a posh, old fashioned word for glasses. Oh, glasses <laughs> also has two S's in. Why didn't I just say glasses? I'm wearing some glasses. Where, where are my glasses? Have anyone seen my glasses? I left, I left my glasses. Right here, has anyone seen my glasses? Glasses. Uh, or scissors. Has anyone seen the scissors I need? Some, no, I need some scissors. So if, if you speak like that, it's not funny. I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. Some people speak like that. Um, and if you speak like that, you have a lisp. And I think it's really, really unfair that the word lisp has an S in it, because this is the very sound that people with lisps can't pronounce. So why would they put an S in it? Why don't they just call it a, I don't know, a, 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 a crip or a, a every, everything that's going through my head is actually a word. A, 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 a rap. No, rap is a word. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Why don't they just give it another Name a different word. It, it can mean something else. Maybe you could say, you could use the word rap. Sure, why not? Rap, uh, you know, the music, rap. Also rap, to rap a present, it's spelled differently, but you know, I'm not dictating how you're going to spell it. 
Why not say, oh, I'm, yeah, I've got a wrap. Okay, yeah, there we go, fixed it. Okay, that was that. Uh, so now let's move on to the phrasal verb of the week. Phrasal verb of the week. And like I said in the intro, this is an extended phrasal verb. I'm going to talk about the phrasal verb to make up. To make up. Why? Well, because to make up has many different meanings. So, here is makeup meaning number one. To make something up. If you make something up, then you create or you invent something. Like you can make up a story. In fact, when I read my kids' uh, books, we have some uh, Dutch books because my, my wife's first language is Dutch. Um, and uh, Dutch from the Netherlands and Belgium. And I don't speak Dutch. My, my German is okay. My French is uh, okay. But my Dutch is not okay. And I, I could read it, you know, phonetically because it's quite a phonetic language. But I might make some pronunciation. And <laughs> that was ironic. I might make some pronunciation and stress errors. And I don't want to teach that. Um, so I don't. Instead, I, I take the book and I look at the pictures and I make the story up. I make up the story. Just look at the pictures and base my ideas for the story on that, but I, I make it up. And every time I read the book, the story is slightly different. Or, you know, sometimes if you don't have a book, you can just make a story up. This is what people do sitting around the campfire. Traditionally, you just make a story up, make up a ghost story. And uh, as you know, I make uh, lots of jingles for this podcast and I make them up. I make the jingles up. I make up the jingles. Not all of them. Uh, in last week's episode about Cars, I decided to use uh, the song Cars by Gary Newman. So I didn't make the music up, but I made the words up. I changed the words of the song, the famous song, and I, I made I made up new words. No, wait, that sounds confusing. I didn't make up new words. I didn't create new words. Maybe I should be more clear. I made up new lyrics. I made up new lyrics for the song. I just tried to make up a new word and I called a lisp a rap. That's making up a new word. I made it up. Okay, so that's that's one use of the phrasal verb to make up. So here's meaning number two. To compensate for something. To make up for something. To make up for something. So for example, if I forget to give my mum a birthday card on her birthday. Next year, I'll just give her two birthday cards to make up for it. Yeah? I mean, obviously that's a stupid joke, but you make a mistake or you do something bad and then to compensate, you do something good, something extra to, to compensate, to make up for it. Yeah? So, uh, another example... If I arrive five minutes late to a lesson, an English lesson that I'm teaching, I might um, teach an extra five minutes at the end to make up for it, as long as nobody has to go anywhere. Or if I have to cancel a lesson completely, um, if I have to cancel the lesson completely, I will teach that lesson at another time to make up for it. I won't make you pay for the lesson uh, that didn't happen. I'll make it up. 
I'll do the lesson at another time. Yeah, that's to make up for. You need for there, to make up for something, to make up for it. Make up meaning number three. To become friends again after an argument. To make up. And you don't need anything else with this. It's just to make up. So um, many times with my wife, uh, we've had arguments and, you know, later we've made up. We've said, oh, I'm sorry about this. You were right. I was wrong. Uh, and I say, yes, that's correct. No, <laughs> it's usually me saying you were right. I was wrong. Uh, I'm sorry about that. That was a, that was a huge uh, oversight on my part or I didn't realize that this was happening. I'm sorry. And uh, she says, oh, yeah, it's OK. Uh, you're forgiven. Um, we've made up. We've made up. And yeah, can I give you another example? Uh, well, me and my brothers used to argue a lot and fight a lot when we were kids, um, but we never made up. You know, we, we are friends now, but we never made up. We never said, oh, I'm sorry about, you know, what I said earlier. I'm sorry about sorry about telling mum and dad about what you did. I'm sorry about, oh, wait, here's a nice phrase for you. I'm sorry about um, grassing you up. I'm sorry about grassing you up uh, to be a grass. Or I'm sorry about snitching to snitch on someone or to grass someone up means to tell someone about something secret or something bad that they did. And um, you can be a grass or a snitch for the police if you want. Um, but don't forget, here's another phrase. Snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. That means if you snitch and someone finds out that you snitched, you're going to get hurt and you're going to get hurt so much that you will need stitches. Okay, didn't expect to teach you that today. There we go. Um, why am I talking about that? Why am I? Oh, because my brothers and I, we never made up. We, we're friends, you know, we were friends back then too, but we never, we never made up. We would argue and then just forget about it, basically. So there you go. That's another meaning of to make up. Uh, oh, you might hear the phrase makeup sex. Makeup sex. After a couple argues, they have makeup sex, apparently. It's not happened to me, but um, it's a thing. Apparently, maybe it's an American thing. I don't know if it's quite British to have makeup sex. Maybe it is. Okay. Uh, so those are the make to make up phrasal verbs, but make up is also an adjective and a noun because to be made up, to be made up as an adjective. Oh, I'm 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 completely made up about that. It means you're really happy about something. You're really pleased about something. Uh, what have I been made up about recently? Can't think of anything. Um, should have thought about some examples beforehand. I could tell you about something I wasn't made up about. Brexit. Uh, when the Brexit vote happened, uh, I was not made up. Well, you can't really use that because it's the opposite and I was extremely angry. Uh, so that's a bad example. Um, so let's use a an example that's not real. Okay, if if I found out that Back to the Future 4 was going to be made, I would be made up. I would love for there to be a Back to the Future 4 movie. I would love a new Back to the Future movie 
It has to have Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. I don't mind if they have a small role in it and they sort of bring in some younger people who maybe will make more movies in the future, but I would love to see the DeLorean time traveling again. If you don't know about this movie, Back to the Future, check it out. It's a very good movie. Very good set of three movies. And if, if, they, if they decided, they, who's they? If some producers decided to make a fourth movie, I would be made up. Even if it was bad, because bad Back to the Future is better than no more Back to the Future, in my opinion. I'm just going to adjust my mic. You might hear some creaking. Okay, there we go. And that's... I'm not finished with Made Up. Here's another one. Makeup. I'm sure you know what makeup is. If you have been listening to this podcast so far, your level of English is good enough to know what makeup is. Makeup, which you put on your face to to be more beautiful. Uh, women and men can wear makeup. Uh, you have stage makeup. If you're on the stage, people in, in a play or on TV, they have makeup. Um, that's makeup, a noun. Uh, it's not a verb. But you can say to make yourself up. To put makeup on, you can say you're making yourself up. It's, it's, it's rare, but it, it's out there. It exists. So I've prepared for you something which uh, I should not do. This is a bad thing to do. I've made a little story with all of these uses of makeup in um, multiple times, some of them, and... Why I shouldn't do it as an English teacher is because it's confusing. And it's unnatural. It's very unnatural language. Nobody would say this amounts of makeup because you should avoid repetition. What should you avoid? Repetition. You should avoid repetition, okay? Okay, thank. What was it? Sorry, you're supposed to avoid? Repetition. You're supposed to avoid repetition, okay? Yeah? Okay, thanks. Okay, here's, our, here's my little story with, uh, to make up. My wife found some makeup on my shirt. I said I was wearing makeup for a music video I was making for a song I had made up. But she thought I was making it up. She thought that I had made up that I was wearing makeup to record a video for a song that I'd made up. Well, I wasn't made up about this. And she wasn't made up about the thought of me being with another woman or a man who wears makeup. So I showed her the video of the song I'd made up in which I was wearing makeup and then she could clearly see that it was true and that the video story wasn't made up. She said sorry and we made up. Then the next day she took me for an Indian meal to make up for it and I love Indian meals so I was made up. There you go. How many how many makeups made ups uh, had made ups? Uh, are in there. Uh, I'm not going to count. If you want, you can listen back and count for yourself. Okay, here's the next thing. And it's English with Rob News. English with Rob News. So, what's in the English with Rob News? English with Rob superfans, if you're interested to know. Uh, one of the reasons I've been a bit too busy to put a podcast together this week is that I have been commissioned to make some videos for uh, Black Cat, Black Cat Sideb, who make 
graded readers. That's uh, books which um, are classic novels, some of them, uh, famous books which have been adapted for different levels of English so that you can learn from the books, which is a fantastic idea. It's been around for a long time. And uh, you may have seen a video that I made where I was the famous Belgian detective Hercule Poirot. Uh, that was a video that I made for them as a sample and they liked it so much they decided to hire me to make some more videos. So that's coming up. And uh, I'm currently also working on a new Irregular Verbs song. On YouTube, my Irregular Verbs song has is the most popular of my channel on YouTube. It's the most popular one of my videos. It's had the most views. And, you know, I've been looking into how to grow your YouTube channel. And one of the things you're supposed to do is take the strongest thing on your channel and do it again, but do it better. Uh, which I feel like I already have. I already made a rock version of the Irregular Verbs song. And the original Irregular Verbs song, this one which has got so many views, I can't remember how many it's got. Um, I just sing the words and the words appear on the screen. I don't show you what the verbs mean. But in the rock version, which is also on my YouTube channel, I put a lot of work into that video and I acted out every action. So there's like shoot, there's uh, see, there's teach, there's fall. And in all of these things, I'm shooting, I'm teaching, I'm falling. And, um, yeah, that video, not so popular. Don't know why. But I'm hoping that my new Irregular Verbs song, which is going to be the most common Irregular Verbs, I'm hoping that that will um, be more successful. We'll see. But anyway, I like making music. I like making videos. And um, I like being on YouTube, even if not many people are watching. Doesn't matter. Okay, and another thing, another piece of English with Rob News is that I'm very much lately getting into the lexical approach. What is the lexical approach? Uh, well, it's teaching in chunks. So not teaching grammar. It's avoiding grammar. What's all together. Avoiding grammar altogether. And instead teaching phrases. Chunks of language which are used. Words which go together. Collocations and things like this. And I, in my teaching... When I teach something, I often give other phrases which are to do with that. Um, can't think of any examples right now. Should have prepared something on this. Um, but you can expect in the future a lot more of a lexical approach uh, in, in this podcast and in my videos. Still will mention grammar sometimes. I still think it's a bit useful, but I'm going to steer around grammar and uh, focus on these phrases how language is actually used because you know it's not it's it's not how babies learn to speak i'm not teaching my kids grammar they're just listening absorbing working the grammar out for themselves or not in fact i didn't work the grammar out for myself uh, when i became an english teacher in 2013 i had to learn 
The tenses, you know, I didn't know what the present perfect was and how it differed from the present simple or the present continuous. I had no idea. I could use them. I could use the right tense in the right situation just because I learned English lexically. Lexically. So yeah, um, you know, it's, it's different. Some people find a real benefit in, in learning grammar and I do to a certain extent. It helps with my German and my French, but I really am a strong believer of the lexical approach the more I look into it. And the last bit of English with Rob News is that I'm working on a Harry Potter video. Harry Potter fans, I know there are a lot of you out there. Not so... well, not at all actually. I've never read a Harry Potter book or watched a Harry Potter film. I do plan to. I, when they came out I was at university and I wasn't really uh, in, the, in the fantasy genre uh, I didn't have, you know, the feeling for it at the time. Um, so I'm going to introduce my kids to it soon. And, and it's going to be nice because I can uh, watch it for the first time with them. And it's so special to lots of people. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. But I know a few things about it. And one of the things I know about it is the invisibility cloak. This uh, coat or cloak that Harry wears and it makes him invisible. I'm, I'm going to use that idea in a video about uh, look, see, and watch, and how they're different. So there you go. There's the English with Rob News, which uh, ends the podcast, unless I put a song here, which maybe you can already hear. I probably will. I don't know. I've got all these songs on my computer uh, that I made a long time ago that have had no use, and I've got a small audience now listening to my podcast. So... Um, if I put a song in here, then I'll probably explain something about the song next. If not, um, no, wait, I have to do it now, don't I? I've, I've built it up too much. Okay, I'm going to go away, think of a song to put here, and then come back and explain about the song. Um, see you next time. Uh, if you don't want to listen to the song, you don't have to. If you don't want to listen to this podcast, it's too late. You already listened to 40 minutes. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Uh, see you in the next episode. So yes, it's happening. I found an old song that I made a few years ago. It's a cover, a cover song, which means I didn't write it. Somebody else wrote it and it's me playing somebody else's song. Here is me with a ukulele, my chaosolator and a glockenspiel playing and singing Daft Punk's Doing It Right. Enjoy. Oh, and if you want the lyrics... I will put them in the description of this podcast. Bye. Doing it right, everybody will be dancing and we feeling it right. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and we feeling alright. Everybody will be dancing tonight.